morning, everyone. Please take your Bibles and turn to the book of Genesis as we continue our survey through this incredible book. If you'd find your way to chapter 27, we'll be starting in verse 28 today. Last week we saw how Jacob and his mother Rebecca were in the process of pulling the wool over Jacob's father Isaac's eyes to take advantage of Esau. And now we're going to see the aftermath of that in terms of the rest of the story, starting in verse 28 of Genesis 27. And now we hear the blessing that was supposed to go to Esau, now going to Jacob. In verse 28 we read, May God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game that you may bless me. His father Isaac said to him, well, who are you? He answered, I'm your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled very violently and said, well, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And and I ate it all before you came and, and I've blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, He cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, oh my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright. And behold, now he has taken away my blessing. Then he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I've made him lord over you, and all his brothers I've given to him for servants. With grain and wine I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? And Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, Away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be, and away from the dew of heaven on high. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. And now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. May the Lord add his blessing at the hearing and the reading of his word this morning. Have you ever been disappointed? (laughs) I have. Years ago, I was in the middle of planning a church. Things were going very, very well. And actually, a, a dear friend of mine, a family friend, I'd actually grown up with this guy, had uh, joined our church and was in leadership. He was 
our head elder, and on top of it, he was our business manager overseeing the books. And it's coming about that he was going to be coming off the elder board. And so I contacted him and said, hey, I know you're coming off the elder board, but it would be great for us as a church to have the continuity of your leadership overseeing the business of the church. Would you be able to stay in that role, in that position? And I'm talking to him over the phone because I didn't think it was this big of a request. And he goes, well, yeah, you know, um, I've been meaning to talk to you about this. And I'm like, oh, what? You know, what do you want to talk to me about? Well, um, we're in the process, uh, my wife and I, we're actually going to be planning a church. And in my mind, I'm like, well, that's great, awesome. How can we help you? No, we don't want your help. Um, you don't understand. We're, we're, it's, uh, it's actually just going to be right down the street. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm not, I mean, we can help you. We could send some funds or, you know, can we help you? So, no, no, no. We got it. You can imagine how disappointed I was. Here's a family friend, a person I've known virtually my whole life, who's now saying, I'm planning a church down the street from your church. And I had thought we were partnering together and things were going really well. And for lack of a better way of saying it, now I have a knife hanging out of my back. You can imagine how disappointed I was, how hurt I was, because I thought he was my friend. But in the midst of that, I had a choice to make, didn't I? What was I going to do? Was I going to be... Was I going to purpose to despise him? Or was I going to purpose to care and love him? In our message series, we've gone back to the beginning, the book of Genesis. Today, we're talking about overcoming disappointment. Sometimes it just seems that life is full of disappointments. There will always be people and situations that let us down. However, we need to handle disappointment God's way, as we'll see today. With God's help, we can turn away from our selfish intentions and bitterness while doing all we can to trust in God's provision and sovereign plan. We're really dealing with conflict resolution in our discussion with this message. As we continue our study of Genesis, God, God's plan continues to unfold as he uses the rebellion of Jacob for his purposes at birth, Jacob is given a name that foreshadows his very character as a conniving manipulator. Jacob's name literally means heel grabber, supplanter. As such, previously we saw how Jacob manipulated Esau's birthright away from him. And last week we saw how Jacob and his mother, Rebekah, determined to take Esau's blessing as well. Culturally and historically, the privilege of birthright and blessing in a family were reserved for the firstborn. But now, God is going to use Jacob's treacherous ways to bring about his ends since God had sovereignly chosen that Jacob would be in the line of the Messiah. And today, in our study, Jacob secures Esau's birthright and Esau's blessing, thus completely usurping Esau's privileged position as the firstborn. Now, in the background of this account, we are waiting, we're still longing for, as we study through all of Genesis, for the child of promise to come. We are waiting for the revelation of the one who would come, born of a woman, 
a seed that would come from her, as promised in Genesis 3.15, who would overthrow the evil one once and for all. And as God unfolds the mysteries of his will for his purposes through the lives of these patriarchs, we are able to learn from these accounts how we should live. You kind of go, why are we studying these things? Well, here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10.11. Now these things, these things in the Old Testament, happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. The instruction for today includes a lesson on overcoming disappointment. And all of us find ourselves disappointed from time to time. And the question this morning is, what can we learn from the example of Esau's disappointment, which incidentally is a disappointment that led to a major conflict that still rages on to this day through the ongoing conflict between the descendants of Jacob, namely Israel, and the descendants of Esau, namely the Edomites, i.e. the Palestinians. What can we learn from this conflict historically that stemmed from a major disappointment that begins here with Jacob and Esau? And what should we do to overcome the disappointments we face with other people in our lives? So let's see what we can learn from Esau as he is taken great advantage of by his own twin brother, Jacob. This morning I have three spiritual principles from God's word that will help us overcome disappointment. But before we study, let's ask his help. Would you please pray with me? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the high privilege it is for us to even be here, to have a moment to be in your word. And so, Lord, we ask that you'd help us not to miss anything that you might have for us in this moment, in this time, that you would be our guide, that you would be your teacher. Lord, we long to hear from you today, not from this speaker, but from you more than all else. So, Lord, have your way with us. Open your word to us by the power of your spirit. And Lord, open our hearts and our minds to receive what you have. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for attending to us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for revealing yourself to us. We pray all this in your son's wonderful and awesome name. Amen. If you have your sermon notes outlined, here's the first truth of three this morning. There will always be situations that disappoint us. We live in a fallen world. There's always going to be situations that go the wrong way. Situations, first of all, when we don't receive the provision we think we deserve. Sometimes we have this idea that, well, hey, this, I should be getting this. I, I, des I deserve this. Uh, they owe me this. We have this entitlement mentality that's growing all the more in our culture. Notice what it says in verse 28. As the blessing comes now to Jacob instead of Esau. This should have been for Esau. Then in verse 28 says, May God give you, Jacob, of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Isaac, through these words, is now blessing Jacob. And in a moment, Esau is going to find out that Jacob has stolen his blessing. At which point, Esau comes to understand that he has now lost his provision by way of the blessing. But instead, he should be resting on God's ultimate provision, as we all should. This is how we pray, isn't it? Give us this day our daily bread. We should find our provision from him. Solomon writes in Proverbs 30, Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I fall and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the the name of, the, of my God. Beloved, we need to rest in God's provision, not in man's provision. 
But secondly here, there will always be situations that disappoint us. Situations when we don't receive the favor we think we deserve. I, I should be honored. I should be favored. And that's what comes next for Jacob as he receives it, as he takes it away from his brother. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Again, Esau had believed that he had lost his favor. That's why there's all this the bitterness of tears that we'll see in a moment. But we have to understand that if we belong to God, we already have God's ultimate favor, and that is sufficient for all of us. Psalm 512, the psalmist says, For you bless the righteous, O Lord, you cover him with favor as with a shield. You are under, you are, if you are in Christ, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are already under his incredible favor. Psalm 90, verse 17, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Solomon, again, in Proverbs 3, this won't be on the screen, but listen close. Solomon writes, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. But, but even when the situation goes the wrong way, yes. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce, he goes on to say. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof for the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Thirdly here, in terms of the disappointment that we experience by way of our circumstances, situations when we don't receive the blessing we think we deserve. Here Esau thought, I should get the blessing. I'm the firstborn. It's owed me. But now Jacob receives it. As Isaac says, cursed be everyone who curses you, Jacob, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. We see through these blessings all going to Jacob. Now Esau thought that he had lost all of his blessing from God. But what do we know is true? God longs to bless us in all things if we'd only trust him. God longs to bless us in all things as we walk faithfully with him. There will always be situations that disappoint us when we think we've lost our provision, his favor, or his blessing. But no matter what, we need to wait on God for all that he has for us. But secondly this morning, not only will there be situations that disappoint us, there will always be people who disappoint us. First of all, there will be those who will deceive you even when you are well-intentioned. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob in verse 30, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. Notice the good intentions of Esau. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that you may bless me. It's all good intention. Everything's looking great. I, I'm doing this cool thing for dad and now dad's gonna bless me. It's all good. Still, there are those who will deceive you even when you are well-intentioned. Esau was so well-intentioned here. 
but he was taken advantage of by his mother and brother. There'll be times when you will be well-intentioned and yet things will go the wrong way. Sadly, there will always be people who will try to take advantage of your good intentions. There will always be someone who will want you to lose, who wants you to fail, wants you to be mocked, wants you to be left behind, betrayed, denied, overlooked. Even with all your awesome intentions, this is when we need to lean into God and hold on to him all the more. Notice how well-intentioned Jesus was. And look what he suffered for all of us. The writer of Hebrews says this, Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. You think Jesus went through some difficulty? Yeah, he did. On our behalf, there will always be people who disappoint us. They will deceive you, even when you're well-intentioned. But not only that, they will steal from you what's rightfully yours. There are thieves in the world. Verse 32, his father Isaac said to him, well, who are you? He answered, I, I'm your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac understood the calamity that just took place. Isaac trembled very violently and said, well, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I, and I ate all before you came. And I blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. There'll be those who will try to take your glory, your privilege, your position, your property. Can you yet trust God in that? Or are you going to have to rectify it yourselves? If you look around our culture, what's going on in the news, in terms of how people are dealing with issues right now, notice the ongoing increase of violence. Are you noticing it? People destroying each other. I didn't get what I deserve, so now I'm going to destroy you. Just a couple of years ago, Kathy and I went to a funeral over in Wisconsin where a couple had been shot by the wife's brother after the passing of their father. This brother didn't think that the will was set out very fairly and decided that to solve the issues, I'll take you people out. I tell you what, going to a funeral where there are two hearses out front is gut-wrenching. Horrible. But this is what's happening in our culture. Instead of trusting God, I will mete out the vengeance. I will take care of this. Beloved, we don't have to go there. We can trust God for it all. Even when people try to steal from you what's rightfully yours. There will always be people who disappoint us. There will always be situations that disappoint us. They will deceive you even when you are well-intentioned. They will steal from you what is rightfully yours. And lastly here in this point, they will break your heart. There are those who you give your life to and you love and you care for and they'll turn around and just throw up all over you. And you're like, what happened here? They'll break your heart. Look at verse 34. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. You can imagine this probably sounded like a wounded animal. Bless me, even me also, my father. 
But he said, your brother came deceitfully and he has taken away your blessing. Beloved, there are people who will say they love you and then they will break your heart. What do we do in those circumstances? Will you yet trust God or will you take matters into your own hands? Through the process of trying to straighten people out, we often make things a lot worse. Oh, by the way, scripture talks about let God sort it out. (coughs) Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And by the way, he's way better at it than we are. There'll always be those who disappoint us. They'll deceive you, steal from you, break your heart. But we need to continue to trust God with everything we're longing for. With my friend who helped me with my ministry, with our church plant, I was so thankful when he arrived and we catered to them and loved on them and served them and you know, had them over for dinner and you know, we just loved on them. And then to find out, no, we're gonna do our own thing. We don't need you anymore. Gut-wrenching. Thirdly, The bottom line here is this. We need to handle disappointment God's way. Not our way. Not man's way. God's way. Well, how? How do I do that? First of all, by trusting God for his provision, even in the midst of scandal. In verse 36, Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob, for he has cheated me these two times? Jacob, he goes, it's, it's Yaakov, the supplanter, the heel grabber. He's grabbed my heel again. He's cheated me these two times. Took away my birthright, and behold, now he's taken away my blessing. So what happens? We start calling people names. How helpful is that? Not. <laughs> we start whining. Isn't that what he's doing? Isn't he whining? He cheated me. He took away this. He took away that. Beloved, we can trust God for all that we need. The question is, will you? Will we? We need to handle disappointment God's way, no matter what, by trusting God for his provision, even in the midst of scandal. But secondly here, by turning away from idols of the heart. This is really the heart of the problem here. Esau's got a problem. At the end of verse 36, says, then he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? Hey, dad, do you have something for me? Come on. Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I've made him lord over you and all his brothers. I've given to him, I've given to him the brothers for servants and with grain and wine and have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? And Esau said to his father, listen to, listen to what he says. Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me. Also, oh, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Me, hey, me, 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 me. Mine, 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 mine. What is Esau idolizing here? What does he put forward in all of this? Remember when he sold the birthright to begin with? What was he about that day? He was about himself. I want food now, 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 give it to me now. And now he's lost it all. Esau is about Esau. This is what we saw back in Genesis 25 as he sold his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of stew. When Esau wanted the stew, he was just thinking about himself. And now, with his father's blessing, he's only seeking his own benefit. Bless me, bless me, bless me. Scriptures put it this way in Hebrews 12. It won't be on the screen. Listen closely. Strive for peace. We don't do that very well. Why? We don't like striving. That's too hard. That's a lot of work. 
No, Scripture says strive for it. Work at it. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. Why? For he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. Beloved, we all have things that we are longing for that we just got to have. We just got to have them. We try to find ways to get them. They're called idols of the heart. Well, how do they look? How do they show up? Well, it starts out with a desire. We can put that on the screen. There it is. Don't go too fast up there, YY. You're doing a great job. It's not wrong to desire some things. There's some things in, in life that are great to desire, but there's some things that we shouldn't be desiring at all. But when the desire becomes an expectation, that's when we're in trouble. I'm now expecting it. And boy, it better come. I better see it. This is something I long for, but I want it. You better give it to me. We all know what an expectation is. An expectation is just a premeditated resentment. Oh, there's a good one. An expectation is a premeditated resentment. We're just waiting for someone to not meet our expectations so we can resent them for it. You guys, we don't have to do that. But this is what an idol of the heart looks like. I desire something and now I expect it. And when I don't get it, I then demand it. You will give this to me. You will bring this about. And when they don't bring it about, what do we do? We then judge them. You are a bad person because you are not meeting my demands. Demands can show up by way of ultimatums, do this or else. By the way, that's, that's not tough love. That's, not, that's horrible. Making demands in such a way that you're putting ultimatums on people. That's not gracious. But then we judge them. You are evil, you are bad, and because you are evil and because you are bad, I judge you. And with my judgment, now I'm going to make you pay and I'm going to punish you. This is how an idol unfolds. Take a look at your own life where relationships have gone wrong. This is what you'll find. You've been punishing people because they didn't meet something that you wanted long ago. And you're still trying to make them pay. Years ago, I had a, a gal come in and talk to me. She was having problems with her mom. Big conflict with her mom. And uh, now the grandkids have come. And now, you know, she's trying to make her mom pay for being a bad mom all these years. And now you're not going to have access to our kids, any, the grandkids, I'm just going to ace you out. That's how I'm going to punish you. And you go, well, what happened here? Well, I hear the story. As she was growing up, it's a horrible tragedy took place. Again, sometimes we bring tragedies on ourselves. Sometimes there are things that God allowed to take place, and then we let them rule our lives. But what had happened? What's in the background of this story? This account 
as she was growing up, her brother had been killed by a car out in front of their house. And the mother at that point, you can imagine going through much grief, checked out. She said, I'm done. I'm obviously, I'm not a good parent. I couldn't even watch over my child and now the child's gone. And so the daughter who remained didn't end up, she ended up with no mother. Mother lives, she's still there. So now dad's raising, doing all the work with her. Time goes by, you know, she hits junior high, high school, and she hears about her friends, and her friends are going shopping with mom, you know, buying clothes and, you know, makeup and a whole nine yards, but not my mom. And so it happens over time. You, 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 you better be a good mom, but for whatever reason, she couldn't do it, could she? So she had these expectations that I want my mom to be my mom and her mom couldn't be her mom for whatever reason. She demanded it. She then judged her, you're a bad mom. And now I'm gonna make you pay. You don't get to see the grandkids. Watch me. We started to unpack that and I took her through this from a scriptural standpoint to under, for her to understand, to see it. And she finally, she woke up. It was like, you know, lights on. I've been making my mom pay all these years for something that she just didn't have the capacity to do. Maybe I need to be gracious. So what happened? Here's what's remarkable. She dropped her expectations. When she dropped her expectations, then the demand didn't have to be there, nor did the judgment have to be there, nor did the punishment have to be there anymore. She, as the daughter, dropped all of that against her mom and started reaching out to her mom and all of a sudden, boom, they're now back together and now mom, you know, mom's seeing the grandkids. Now here's what's crazy. Did the mom change? Did she? No, nothing happened with mom. She's still the same person wrestling with what she's wrestling with. No change. But now the relationship's transformed because she was able to drop it. If you're wrestling with these things, if you're in the midst of this, like Jacob and Esau were, I mean, the alternative is just to be bitter and angry, holding everybody in contempt when you don't have to. That's where Esau needed to go. By turning away from idols of the heart, we need to handle disappointment God's way. Thirdly, by resting in God's sovereign plan. In verse 39, then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, well, here's the plan, here's the blessing. Then behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be, Esau, and away from the dew of heaven on high. By your sword you shall live and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Beloved, we need to understand that God will always have, it, always have his way in the end. We need to trust him with what he is purposing to accomplish. We need to handle disappointment God's way. And now Esau is gonna to have to rest in this proclamation. Even though he didn't want to, he needed to choose it. But fourthly, watch this, by turning away from bitterness. And in this case, Esau did not turn away from bitterness. He actually turned into it. Verse 41, now Esau, what? Hated Jacob. 
Why? Because that's where that goes. If I don't govern my desires and my expectations, when people don't come through for me, I'm going to start judging people, and through the judgment, I will despise them. And now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, the days of mourning for my father approaching 10, I'm going to make him pay. I'm going to kill my brother. Watch me. Beloved, we don't have to do that. To overcome this quickly, I want to show you five principles real quick here that are huge. I actually went over this with our class on marriage this last Wednesday. But first of all, from Ephesians 4, verse 20, you need to, we need to, all of us, we need to put on Christ here. Put on Christ. Don't go down this horrible pit through the idol of the heart. Put on Christ. Notice what Paul writes in Ephesians 4, verse 20. But that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you've heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Oh, beloved, we all need to be renewed in our minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. We, we need to jettison who we are, jettison Bradley and put on Christ. That's what we need to do. But secondly, we need to speak the truth in love. Verse 25, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. <clears throat> Again, it's very easy to slip in things that just aren't accurate. Speak what's true. It's one thing to be an, an outright fabricator, you know, inventing things. That's horrible enough. And I've dealt with people who do that. But sometimes when we speak, we speak exaggeratively. You can imagine this woman I was talking about and her mom. You've always been a horrible mother. Always? The minute her mom hears that, well, that's not true because I did these one things that were nice. She exaggerated. And that's a lie. Be careful with your superlatives, your always and your nevers. I told you a million times, never exaggerate, right? So don't, don't exaggerate when you're speaking. Speak the truth in love. But thirdly here, be angry and do not sin. I love this in verse 26. Paul says, be angry and do not sin. There's gonna be things that annoy you, that frustrate you. You're gonna get frustrated, you're gonna get angry. But then do something awesome. Do something wonderful. Don't sin in your anger. Do something beautiful, do something sweet. Be angry, do not sin. Fourthly here, we're told, keep short accounts. Paul goes on to say in verse 26, do not let the sun go down in your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Clear up things for the day. You know, in my house, I said this on Wednesday night with our class on marriage, we, in my house, we don't have a dog house. Well, I don't have a dog either, but that's not what I'm trying to say. We don't have a doghouse where somebody does something wrong and now you're in the doghouse and you we're not together. There is no doghouse for Kathy and I. We've always worked through things. We've always gone to bed. Even, even if we agreed that, you know, we didn't finish this. We have more to work through here, more to talk about. But you're my best friend and we're going to bed now. There's no doghouse. I mean, if somebody's like super sick, okay, yeah, you sleep over there. 
But, but other than that, there's no doghouse. Keep short accounts. But fourthly here, act rightly and don't react. You know the kind of people we're talking about. There are people who are just, they're like nuclear reactors. That you give them the impulse and they'll just blow up. Scripture says this, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. Don't let anything corrupting come out of your face. <laughs> it's a paraphrase. But only such as is good for building up. Oh, that's awesome. Could, you, could we all just speak in such a way where we're building people up and how we care for them? But only such as a good word for building up as fits the occasion. Watch, that it may give grace to those who hear. Oh man, I long to talk to people in such a way where just grace is coming out. People are receiving that more than anything else. <laughs> and we're told in verse 30, and if we're not doing this, we're grieving the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You mean I can actually grieve him through how I'm behaving, how I'm treating other people? Yes. So put on Christ, speak the truth in love, be angry and do not sin. Keep short accounts, act rightly, don't react. And fourthly here, make sure that if you're attacking anything, you're attacking problems and not people. What did Esau conclude here? I'm gonna have to attack this man. And God says no. What does Paul say in verse 31 of Ephesians 4? That all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be, guy, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Ah, if we understand how much we've been forgiven, we will fall all over ourselves forgiving others, beloved. How are you doing? How are you doing in overcoming disappointment? Are you overcoming disappointment by turning away from bitterness, resting in God's sovereign plan, turning away from the idols of your heart, trusting God for his provision, even in the midst of scandal, will you do it? Will you trust him in all things? So my friend had stabbed me in the back, and as I said, I had a choice to make. What was I gonna do with my friend? You know, at that time, the only people I talked to about this was Kathy. Nobody at the church ever knew what he did. I mean, they kind of found out later. And I continued to be cordial, kind, and nice. And I continued to love my friend, even though he was, probably to this day, he has no idea what he did unless he listens to this message and figures it out it was him. But I never went there. I chose to love because I love my friend, even though he was hurting me deeply. Why? Because I have a big God and my God can handle the situation. Turns out church planting is hard. Within a year and a half, his little church plant closed. He went down to Illinois and planted another one. That one closed too. I, you know, God can handle it, can he? Yeah, he can. God can handle it. Beloved, sometimes it seems that life is full of disappointments. There will always be people and situations that let us down. However, we need to handle disappointments God's way. And with God's help, we can turn away from our selfish intentions and our bitterness 
while doing all we can to trust God's provision and sovereign plan. So as we wrap this up, with a couple questions here. What idols of the heart do you need to deal with? Do you have some idols in the heart that you have? You know, if I got this, then I'd finally be happy. That's a clue that that's, a, that's an idol. When this finally happens, then I'll be happy. That's an idol. Are you bitter with someone right now? When, when their name comes up on your grid, do you kind of seethe a little bit? Kind of like, that guy, oh, that guy or that gal. Oh. That's not healthy. That's not right. Are you bitter with someone? Throw that far from you. Put on Christ. Where do you need to trust God right now for his provision? Maybe you think somebody stole all your provision. Trust him. He's got it all. All of us need to come to a place where we are bending our knee in submission to our king. Submitting ourselves to his sovereign plan, trusting him. What would have been awesome for Esau is once he saw what had happened with Jacob, here's what would have been awesome. He said, so you mean Esau, you mean Jacob got my blessing? I'm so happy that he got that. No, I'm, it sounds crazy. It sounds like a crazy talk. I am so happy that he got that, and I really hope he's blessed. I know my God will take care of me. He's got me. Does that make sense? This is where we all need to be. This is where we need to end up. Let's stand as we close. Lord, forgive us. Uh, We oftentimes uh, have this entitlement mentality where we think everybody owes us everything. And quite frankly, we don't deserve anything. I deserve to be run over by a few trucks. And yet you are so gracious, so kind. Lord, may we be excited when other people win, even at our expense. Lord, help us understand that Jesus ultimately wins through losing. He lays down his life that all of us have opportunity now through Christ to live. What a beautiful truth. What a beautiful sentiment. So Lord, help us to be about building others up, being gracious with others, even in their frailties, even in their failures, even when they're hurtful and destructive. May we yet trust you for what you're going to do. You can handle it. You will deal with the situation. Sometimes it just looks, oh, this is so horrible. God, you've got it. You have all the disappointments. You can handle it. You're God. Ours is to trust you. Lord, we need help with that. We don't do very well sometimes. We wrestle with things. So Lord, help us to trust you. Help us in our unbelief that we might trust you for your provision, trust you for your resolution. Lord, if there's uh, anyone here who's got an idol of the heart they're recognizing, they're holding on to, and they're bitter with other people, or even maybe even bitter with you, Lord, I pray that you'd help them right now by the power of your spirit to set that aside. Throw it far from them. Help them to toss it, to put on Christ that we might keep short accounts, acting rightly, not reacting, attacking problems and not people, keeping accounts short. God, we need your help to do these things with your help and your power by way of your spirit. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for attending to us by your word. Help us to not just hear these things, but to walk in them in a real way.
Thank you, Lord. I pray this in your son's wonderful, awesome name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for coming.